Swung on, hit in the air to deep right. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. Welcome. A Stantonian home run. To the 163st Street Burgers Row Podcast. A and blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the 161 Murder's Row Podcast with your host, Wesley Segundo, Shukri Wright, and our producer, Ricky L., who right now is sick. I hope he feels better. Tuesday, March 12th, Episode 4, World Series Drought. Coming into the 2019 season, it's going to be 10 years since our last World Series win over the Phillies in 2009 in six games. Why is it a World Series drought? Well, we haven't won a World Series since then. What is a drought? When you have nothing. When everything's gone. Shoo. Well, a drought would consist of a lack of fruits after having produced prior before. So basically, it would be it it would be that the Yankees haven't had such a great history of winning in tradition for them to have gone this long without a World Series drought. It is. It surprises, but yet also amazes me, just which goes to show that Major League Baseball and its parity has never been more greater than before, where that wasn't there maybe 20, 30 years ago. So if if you're a Yankee fan and you're wondering why this team hasn't won in so long... I mean, there's a lot of contributing factors. One, the Yankees, for some for some reason, have not been able to put that final that final touch. And part of it is that there's that bridge between the last World Series team, which involved the core four: Mariano Rivera, Andy Pettit, Derek Jeter, Jorge Posada, and which they have all now since retired. Last of the core for retired in 2014. So there was a period where the Yankees were rebuilding, so to speak, while remaining competitive, which certainly is a feat in itself. So with that being said, there's that, there's that factor as well. But at the same time, at the same time, it, there is, there is something to be said that now it's time for the Yankees to really make a move in this in this season will really speak volumes as to the step in the direction that the New York Yankees are going to go in order to end this World Series drought, which now stands approaching almost basically 10 years this season. Well, looking at it this way, the last time we won the World Series, we did win the division. And our record was 103 and 59 with a winning percentage of 0.636. I mean, 
we did win 100 games last season, but we failed to win the division. Could it be the fact that, could it be the factor is that we haven't won the division? So therefore, it could play to why we didn't win the World Series? Or why we didn't go to the World Series? I don't think it does because you just because you forget that in twenty in twenty twelve the Yankees won the division the AL East bought the, the the Orioles they were the wild card team. With that being said, um, I feel that winning the division does not necessarily guarantee you winning the World Series. If you go back, especially within within the turn of this century, the teams that have won the World Series uh, via the wild card. And I'm this and this is going, I mean, chronological order. Like in 2002, the the Anaheim Angels, 2003, the Florida Marlins, and 2004, Boston Red Sox. Um, and 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 then going and then go, moving ahead. I mean, 20, 2011, 12, 13, 14, the, the the San Francisco Giants, 15 with the 16 last year, and even. So it goes to show you that there have been teams in which that won the World Series by winning the wild card. And I don't think when the division has a factor as to why the Yankees haven't won the World Series, it helps so that you're not playing a one-game play-in. But I, but I just don't think that's a big, a big of a reason why I asked who they haven't won it. Plus, it's imperative that the Yankees make the right move to put the team in the right position to to win it all, which is something that they haven't done. What could it be? We don't have a team that's World Series caliber yet? Maybe we just have player I mean, playoff caliber, just not World Series caliber yet? We don't have that recipe? Could it be that? I mean, we don't know what it is. We just lost our starting ace for God knows how long. I mean, the guy's got a uh, a mess of collarbone right now, and that can affect play. And just also, I do want to mention that choosing the opening day starter is the most overrated shit ever. It really doesn't matter. But what matters is, is we lost the face of our rotation for some time, for some questionable time. And Luis Severino. Shoot. Yeah, the Yankees have announced that they are going to go with Masahiro Tanaka as being the opening day starter. Have having experience being the opening day starter for the Yankees in, in previous seasons. I think that the, it's a solid choice, but it, it is it's tough considering that Severino he, he's out shoulder tendonitis. Um, Right, I mean, we don't know the severity of it. I mean, right now, so this does this definitely leaves um, question marks in the rotation. Plus, you're already without Cesar Sabathia as is. Yep. Which is, which is why um, right now, like uh, if you're if you're the Yankees, like I'm I'm genuinely concerned that we that that here we are. We're talking about World Series droughts, and we're talking about. Um, that we're talking about the team in which that what what is it that they need to do to get back to that point of being of being world champions again? This I mean it's also the pitching, and 
at this point, given the question marks in this in this rotation, I really feel that if if the Yankees are truly serious about going and getting another arm, another quality starting pitching, you know, who um who who could help the team, honestly they need to do that. And interestingly enough, when we last spoke, I I keep hammering the fact that listen, they need they need to go after a guy like Gio Gonzalez or 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 Dallas or, or Dallas Keuchel, um, just to name a few. But it's it's incredibly frustrating that here we are approaching Mitch uh, mid March that Cashman has hasn't made a move yet, and here we are we are we are sixteen days away from opening day. And, and 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 again, it comes back to whether if they are, um, whether if they are just going to go with, with what they have right now and look for internal searches um, from within. But at what point do you say, listen, we need to go and, and, and mix and get this some, get some like external help? And it, it, it gives me probable pause. That here we are. But the Red Sox have won the World Series twice in in the la- in ten years since the Yankees last won it, and in both years in 2018 and even last year in 2018 when they won the World Series again, that the strength of, the strength of the team has really come down to the starting rotation. And if there's anything that the Yankees need to um, need to absolutely take full into full consideration. You need starting pitching if you're going to win the World Series, and you need starting pitching if you are going to make a, a, a serious run. And yeah. even with a healthy Severino and Sabathia, if he was healthy, like I, I, I would have some confidence, but I'm not really sure. Like what, what do you really make of that, of of, the, of that rotation if it's even good enough to compete to, to end this drought. The the point is, you need depth. I mean, you need depth. I mean, for how long can you rely on internal options that have yet to be proven on a full-time basis? I mean, you need you need to know if the guys are already figured out and all that stuff. It's great if they're not figured out, but you need to know if they're reliable. It's like another another problem that the Yankees have is the first-base situation. Between Luke Voigt and Greg Bird. I mean, we already know what Greg Bird can do, but he is just not healthy. Now, so we pretty much got two holes in the Yankees, pretty much. I mean, you got, as as a friend of mine said, you got one guy who is who just came out of nowhere, just performed like Kevin Moss, and you don't know if he's a one-time wonder. I mean, if you're if you're the Yankees, you need to fix the situation ASAP. I mean, you really do, especially when it comes to your starting pitching. And to whoever whoever thinks that a rotation is fine the way it is now, you're out of your fucking mind. And I suggest you sit on your ass and watch baseball for like at least 140 games, starting from eight, starting from March 28th and going on, at you know, at 162. 
two-game season. And then you tell us that the starting pitching is fine because you can't just throw out your fucking bullpen all the fucking time because by the time playoffs come, you're going to need your bullpen. And you can't always rely on big power hitters too. I mean, because we are the Bronx Bombers and we do got power hitters. But I think we should change our ways as we approach the batter's box, in which I mean change our ways. Stop going for too much power. Go for power and go for contact. Make it make it a power contact team. Something that we haven't seen in a long time. I mean, you have guys that can hit home runs, but let's see some triples. Let's see some doubles. You know, let's see some RBI singles. I mean, extra base hits. Get guys on on base. You know, you can still bring that slugging percentage up if you're getting on base too and producing the the RBIs. What's so wrong with that? Swinging for the fences is not going to get us far. It's not. I mean, yeah, you want to put guys in seats? Well, if you want to put people in seats, produce, produce like a baseball winning franchise. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yankees never had a much of a problem drawing a crowd. We are not like those guys on the other side. Let me not say that team because uh, I'm afraid they're some of their fans may go into their uh, bitchy cockroach attitude. Oh, the Yankees aren't Yankee fans. They talk about us. Shut your fucking miserable and entitled asses down. All right. Shoot. Well, if anything, I think that the, what what the Yankees should do is is, is, is like change. The the attitude of of all or nothing, and we turn back to this nationally type style of play. While not take not taking away the power, but they shouldn't be so reliant on the home run ball. And you think back to when Joe Torre was a manager of the Yankees in particular. One thing that the one thing that served the Yankees so well, especially um, during during those dynasty years, was that they were not the home run hitting team. They knew. How, they were the best at with situational hitting, especially in the playoffs. Um, and this goes back to what I was talking about last um, last October with you, that the difference between the Yankees and the Red Sox in the division series was situational hitting. And it's something that the Red Sox have excelled at. And it's something that the Yankees need to absolutely get back to and not wait for the three-run home run. You know, and that's something that I feel... I feel that will serve the Yankees best long term, and I'm not just talking in terms of the season. I'm talking in terms of the postseason as well, where you're going to be facing premium pitching, and and the home run may not always be there. You have to be able to um, to, to, to hit to hit to put the ball in play with runners in scoring position with less than two outs, and that's what's ultimately going to put this team over the top or if this this team is just going to be good enough to get to the postseason but not be able to do any damage. So, what's the recipe for success and what's the recipe for disaster for us? Well, the recipe for, for, for success for the Yankees is pitching, pitching, and pitching. And the recipe for disaster for the Yankees, simply put, the lack thereof. 
the lack okay. of pitching. And it, it really, it, this, the AL East will come down to which team has, has the deeper and healthier starting rotation and, and knows how to execute when it comes to um, situational baseball. That's what it's ultimately going to come down to. I mean, you say pitching, 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 but what about situational hitting? Could that also be a, a recipe for success? I mean, uh, success. That's, they, that's, that's exactly that's exactly what I had just mentioned. Like, so ultimately, the, um, your ability to to have um, to execute with runners who's going to position with less than two outs is what's going to ultimately be the the difference in terms of teams being able to. Um, have any type, uh, any type of long term success, not just in the regular season, but especially come October. Without that, which is so with the Red Sox, both, and both against the Yankees and even in the World Series against the Dodgers, the situational hitting was exceptional. You know, like clutch two out hitting um, is absolutely is paramount, especially when the home the home run ball um, is 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 at a premium. But a team like the Red Sox in particular, like they 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 had they showed the the ability to hit the ball out of the ballpark while also being able to execute a situational baseball. And that's a byproduct of the fitting philosophy that they have. And that's something that the Yankees um, could absolutely incorporate into into the team as well. Yeah. Now, if you're Brian Cashman, right, mm-hmm. what moves will you make as far as, like, still the remaining free agents? And what trades will you make down the stretch? And in terms of the trades down, down the stress, I think that it would depend on who becomes available, especially if on w- which teams are out of it by the time we get to July, and that there's no hope of postseason in 2019. But as for right now, um, I think it would be really fascinating, like for like. For like the Yankees to to have a look at starting starting pitching. I mean, offensively, I we're we're fine. I'm not concerned about the offense. I'm more concerned about the pitching because that's what's ultimately going to put the team over over the top. And if you go back, even if you go back to 2009, that the Yankees when the Yankees won the World Series. Part of the major reason why they did was because of the of the, the, the top three in the rotation was Sabathia, AJ Burnett, and Andy Pettit. Yeah, and and like it was goes to show you like the importance of pitching, and you need that. And like I said, like Gonzalez, Jay Gonzalez, Dallas Keuchel are are just um are are just two options that. The Yankees like would, would would need to look at, but at the same time, like it would help if the Yankees could also potentially, and I do mean potentially, see what else is out there in terms of options, in terms of arms, because you never know. Like especially in a in a, in a um in a market where. Premier starting pitching is at, a, is at an all-time premium where teams are locking up their top pitchers and their aces uh, into long-term contracts. It's hard. It's hard to find that, that game-changer. It's rare, which is, which is why 
um, when Max Scherzer was a free agent at the end of the 2014 season, I was actually surprised we didn't him. that the Yankees did like the Yankees that did not um, land him or, or or sign him. But ultimately, it was it was Scherzer's decision to go to Washington. But at the same time, like it, it was a bit of an eye opener. Like I mean, look, look at what Scherzer is now. I mean, even. Before then, he he was already establishing a name for himself, pitching with in, in Detroit along with Justin Verlander. But it goes to show you that like premier pitching is at an all time low because these guys are locked into these long term contracts, which makes it very difficult to constantly go into the free agent market and, and sign these big name pitchers. And this is and you you know this is 2011. I mean, this is obviously the year after George Steinbrenner sadly passed away. And with that sign, like not going after Scherzer, you just knew that they were that they have decided that they wanted to go a different direction. Then you got to also um, account the factor too. I mean, account the factor too that um, you know they're they're paying a luxury tax that was crazy because of the contract of Alex Rodriguez and a few others. So. Going after Scherzer at that time, would it have been great? Would it have been bad, or would it have been both? And I'm talking, especially um, luxury tax wise. It may not have been the most beneficial to the luxury tax, but if you, but when you're the Yankees, like that's something that you you're not necessarily the most concerned with or worried about. I think more than anything else. Because the Yankees have been so consistently great for so long in terms of fielding a team that has a chance to go to the postseason every single year, that they have always have had this willingness to go above and beyond to sign guys that's going to help contribute to the overall success of the team. And that's all you can ask for as a fan. And I think ultimately, I think ultimately it is one of the things that the Yankees should really, should really look look for, especially this season, especially in a year where I feel like in this development process for this team that's that's got such a young core of Gary Sanchez, Aaron Judge, and and Luis Severino. Amongst or alongside with Gleyber Torres and Miguel Andujar, this is a critical year where the veterans, like veterans like Guard, like like Guardy and Sabathia, they're not going to be around much longer. No, they're not, and they're going to need to be able to carry the torch. And now, as for, yeah, see what you're saying. Sorry, about and, that. and as and as and as for what happens next, this is why I feel like this this season in particular is really the most important. Now, considering that you have Judge, this is his third full season. Sanchez, this is also his third full season. And like Severino, he's he he's been up here for a few years now. Yeah. So like so like these guys that that they're no that the kid tags are coming off. Like they have experience and so forth. It's now up to them as to how they want to execute it and so forth. Now, you say carry the torch, right? Right. Okay. So we're looking at it this way. 
who are they going to bring up out of the prospect list? Is this now the time that you give Adams and possibly Domingo Acevedo, not Domingo Herman, Domingo Acevedo, a chance to prove themselves? I mean, why not? What do you have to lose? If anything, if anything, like if the Yankees were to really look at internal options as to how they're going to temporarily fill those two um, two holes in the rotation, give them a chance. Let's see what you have. And I mean, maybe they're doing that this spring training, perhaps. At the same time, it's it's now or. If not, when? Like, when are they going to finally get that chance? And it's one of those things where it's really, it's really like unfortunate that they had to they had to wait so long to have a legitimate opportunity to really prove themselves at the major league level. And hopefully, this time around, like especially this upcoming um, season. We could see what they're made of and, and what they're capable of um, doing at the major league level. All right, so I'm looking at this way, right? Chance Adams on his debut in Boston last season, he pitched a good game, didn't get the win, but is there more to prove out of him? There, there, there is. I mean, the ceiling is pretty high for for Chance Adams, and I, I really. Think that he he could be, could be a legitimate solid big league pitcher, and I mean obviously there there is a learning curve, but without question after considering that he's had success in the minor leagues. Now with him, I just feel that he has a lot to to show that he can be that that middle of the rotation guy. Like I don't I don't I just don't see that he could be a top a top a top of the rotation starter um, based on stuff, but I think that if oh, that if his stuff executes and plays out well, he could be a solid number three starter in, in the rotation, and, and, and why not? But as of, right, as of right now, you know, knowing that we, um, that right now we just have um, Tanaka, Paxton, and then Hap. Mm-hmm. Then the bottom two, it's like, it's a question mark. So, exactly. do you really slot in Chance Adams to get that chance over Domingo Herman? It's a it's a waiting it's a waiting see it's a waiting see process, um, and it really it, it, when it comes to Domingo Acevedo, like I really feel that for but like for him like he has an opportunity. To, to to show what he is capable of, like I know, I mean, a lot has been said about his 103 mile per hour fastball. Don't don't get me wrong, and it's wonderful and all, but that alone is not going to be enough to to um to dominate at the major league level where he's got that kind of high octane stuff. So the time only time will tell, and that's really no way of really knowing. For sure, like right now, like, but I'm really intrigued to see what what he or what he will be able to bring, like, especially as a starter. Should he should he start in the major leagues um, in that role instead of going to the bullpen? But apparently, two weeks ago, 
I mean, it does say that uh, we had a 10-4 loss against the Tigers in which um, Domingo Acevedo and uh, Chance, Chance Adams both got shelled. Where Adams started and gave up five runs, only got to register one out, and Acevedo was able to get two outs, but he gave up five runs and two walks. I mean... We shouldn't freak out. It was just only one game, and every pitcher has their bad start. But the reason why I say I I don't want to see Domingo Herman in the rotation is because I feel like he's more of a reliever, like a middle relief, yes. middle early relief. Do you agree with that um, observation? I I agree. The Domingo Herman, like if anything, like he he's his best role would be like like early early like early in the bullpen in the sense of being a six a six inning guy or 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 whatnot. Say if the starter can't go like a full six, I think that I think that more than anything else that he has. The ability to demonstrate that he can be a serviceable um, option out of the bullpen. I mean, he's still, he's, he's still young enough. Um, like he he's only twenty six years old, and I mean he, he he has a decent arm, but I don't I just don't know if he is rotation worthy. Yeah, if he's worthy to be um, kept in the, in the rotation, then I'm not sure. So what about Jonathan Loizaga if you don't know about Chance Adams? Do you slot him in? Jonathan Loizaga is a guy that I feel like I would have a, a little bit more confidence in in terms of um, having the opportunity to start and, and to do a, a pretty commendable job. Um, consider this. When Loizaga came up um, last season, he, he had two starts, although... Very mixed bag. Got a very mixed bag. Um, he, did, he was one and one with a six point four three ERA with in three games, but two of them were starts. Like I just think that with him, he 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 has a I think he has a lot to work in terms of like finessing his stuff, and as well as being able to ensure that that his delivery is consistent. And when he's able to do that. That perhaps, and he's still young enough where the finishing the finishing product is not there yet, where he still can you can use some fine tuning, and I think he will. So I I think for a guy like Loisaga, um, and what and what is and what is a very small, a very small um sample size, um, he's he's definitely got a lot of uh, room to grow. He does have a lot of room to grow, and I, like when I, uh, I forgot what game it was, but I know it was his first game, I do go to a lot of games, and I have a tendency of not knowing who the starting pitcher is, because I have a, I have a superstition that you and I both know when it comes to game day. Yeah. I happen to be in the game of his debut, and I gotta tell you, Guys impressed me. I mean, he's still, he's young, 
He still has those jitters. He has a lot to prove. But I can tell you this, he knows how to throw a good strike. I mean, he isn't one of those pitchers that is just like, is going to overthrow his his pitch count. Although, you know, I think that uh, the pitch count is a little bit of a bullshit idea, but still, I mean, I do freak out over it. Mm-hmm. I mean, now that we're in the pitch count era. But now, overall, I mean, I say let's give him a shot. But as far as that fifth man role, I think what Aaron Boone should do, go with a sixth man rotation. Evaluate. Because if you feel like someone doesn't belong here and could and could um you know become a a trade piece use that for the for evaluation and bring their value up i mean you could do that with Haman you could do that with Adams and you could do that with Loiza because apparently those guys are in trade rumors and now 6 hours ago the trade rumor of Madison Baumgartner popped up that he's a potential target. I mean, if he's healthy, I'd go for him. If he's not, don't waste your prospects and don't waste your time. Right? I, I agree. And considering that he has quite an impressive track record in resume in October, I think he'd definitely be um, a, a guy who's absolutely worth um, having a look at. But there's no question that his stuff has absolutely diminished, um, especially over the, over the last couple of years. And if you're the Yankees, do you take a flyer on a guy like Madison Bumgarner? That remains to be seen. And, it's, and I, I think that at, at this current rate, um, it, it may not be the worst idea, but I would be absolutely leery um, of... Bring him here for 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 this reason here. First reason is he's coming from the National League to the American League, and, and we and when we had this conversation before, where we talk about the success of guys being able to come from the National League to pitching in the American League, there is an adjustment period. Two, there is two. Yes, and and number two, like with with Bumgarner, I just. I think that yeah, you, if you if you slid him in into the rotation, which I mean, which was without saying that he he's a, he's a major league starter. Like okay, he may be a number three starter, or even in, 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 if if he is healthy and if he is performing like the bum gunner of all, which is amazingly enough, he's he's only he's only going to be thirty years old if he hasn't turned thirty already this year. No. And then you also got to look at it, too, if he, you know, doesn't have trouble with an adjustment period. Because you got to remember, too, a lot of people have to remember. If you're a pitcher coming from the National League and you're going into the AL East, it's a whole different ballgame. This is not like you're pitching in the AL Central. This is not. You're pitching in the AL East. And the AL East... (laughs) Is a is a division that leads in home runs, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. And if you're playing that division, how hard is it to get into the playoffs? If if you're competing against the Yankees and the Red Sox, 
It's it's pretty difficult. I mean, you have to win a division or claim one of the two wild card spots. But then the wild card spot, it's a it's a pretty big logjam when you got contenders from the AL East and the and the AL 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 Central and even in the AL West. So it's really it really comes down to you got to win a division. That's what it really um, boils down to. As we learned from last September, although the Yankees won a wild card, but but yet again, like there, there is no guarantees because every year is a different year in Major League Baseball, and there are absolutely no guarantees, especially in a long um, 162 game se- um, season. Yeah. Now, so what is your final take on Bumgarner? Bumgarner, I think it, the Yankees should have a, take a look at it, but also look at his spring training performances to use that as a as a pretty good indicator as to where he is physically and to see how his stuff plays and will his stuff play well in like over in the in the American League with the DH. And especially in the AL East, I think I think the Yankees should definitely at least be willing to take a look at the guy. Take a look, see the cost, and then maybe decide from there. But if it's too much, do not go for it. Go somewhere else. Maybe try Kluber, but that may be a king's ransom in itself. You never know. They still have all season and all year to really. You know, to really decide because what people don't understand when it comes to trade value, it's not about what you did in the past. Yeah, that helps, but it's more of what you're doing this year that determines if your value is worth the King's ransom or not. That being said, just, just be cautious with it. If you're Brian Cashman, be cautious with it. Correct or no? Yeah, you, ha- you have to. I mean, that's really the only way to the approach at this point is, is, is to, be, to be careful, see what happens, and, and, then, and then go from there. I think, and then basically go from there. And ultimately you don't want to get a guy who's damaged goods because you got to remember no. Bumgarner, he's got he's, he's got a lot of a lot of mileage on his arm you know and i mean get, given that he's pitch he's been a workhorse for the giants rotation for for almost a decade now um and been a big part of those of those three world series championships that uh, in san francisco in 2010 2012 and 2014 so you you want to make sure that you're getting a guy who who, who still can bring it at a pretty at a pretty high level, and then go and then and then go from there. Yep. And now, quickly before, I mean, we could take like an extra five minutes to to digest this. I also mentioned we have a hole at first base. Now, it's not as really urgent as it is with our starting pitching, but it's still urgent. You got Luke Voigt, and you got. Greg Bird. Now, I still wish the Yankees would have kept Neil Walker because he would have gave some uh, some serviceable time like he did last year. But now it's up to Greg Bird and Luke Voigt. 
you got a guy who's shown up for maybe like 15 games after the deadline and all that stuff and just like just bash the ball away. But his defense is a little questionable. Now you got another guy who's like you get hope you get very hopeful but then it ends up to being like false hope and very questionable. You know what he can do. Both have played in the playoffs. And one guy's swing is just like everyone talks about his swing, but he is never healthy. Yeah. What is the solution to this? Well, in terms of the first base um, um, situation, the only thing I can say is that you got to let it play it out. I'm I'm not one that's to make quick judgments or quick jumps to decisions, especially with this, because basically, like, the winner gets the starting job, loser basically goes on to the minor leagues. And and both guys have shown that they're both major league major league quality ball players. And I'm not gonna sit here and and try to determine well who who I think should start. Because like I said, like this whole this this is gonna drag to the very end of spring training. That's that is really something that I feel that the Yankees are even prepared to make that kind of decision, and neither would I if I was in that position. So, but so far, I mean, you have to like what you what you've seen out of both Lou Voigt and Greg Bird, off I mean, both offensively, but especially defensively as well. I mean, so at this point, I mean, if you have to choose right now, who are you taking and who are you benching? Well, again, like the 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 one who does not get the starting job actually is going to have to go down to the minor leagues. So, right now, um, if I had to choose, I, and it pains me to say, but I I would I would really prefer to go with Luke Voigt, um, given given what he's been able to do over the last um, last few months of the of the season last year. But as well as um, the energy that he brings to the lineup, I mean, I, I'm not completely giving up on on Greg Bird on his ability. But at this point, like I just I need to see more out of him in terms of being able to stay healthy and be productive when he's healthy. That's really what it comes down to. That being said, I mean, I have to agree with you and. Look, there's nothing against Greg Bird, but if you're inconsistent, I mean, I think it's time to move on. But also, I've seen a lot of fans of my group, uh, 161st Street Murderers Row, check it out, awesome Facebook group, join it if you're like a diehard Yankees fan, want to just show your pride, talk about Yankees, that's all Yankees, even Shu can tell you, um, Maybe play Greg Bird to bring his trade value up. Maybe see where I mean where he could flourish elsewhere as compared to over here, and see what you can get for him. I mean that's that's an evaluation right there. I mean, what else could we do? Know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. That being said, guys, episode four is on a close. Episode 5, which we will do sometime during this week and release by next week, will be a rant episode. So, we may decide to take some 
interjections. Um, minimum two minutes, maximum five minutes. Please respect the time limit because we want to put everything together. Also, I would like to say again, March 30th and March 31st, I will be at both Yankee games against the Orioles, the final two games of that series. Opening week is a tradition for me, and you could also catch me at the bodega if you want to, you know, talk Yankees talk. Also follow us on Twitter. Uh, uh, Twitter is Shukri96Yankees. Me, uh, Lightning Boxing, all in one, no spaces. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Catch you guys next week. I'm Wesley Segundo. Shukri. Shukri writes. And we're out. Let's go Yankees. This was another episode of 161 Murderer's Row Pod. Thank you for joining us. Please join us once again with your hosts, Shukri Wrights and Wesley Segundo. This show was produced by Ricky Lewinkowicz of Pain Train Pipe Bomb. Please join us once again for another episode of 161 Murderer's Row Pod. See ya!